Welcome to Rainbows and Rain, the podcast for early interventionists, where you'll hear stories, reflection, and coaching from the field. My name is Erica, and I'm an ECSE teacher in Minnesota. This podcast is about connecting through stories and reflecting on our practices during visits. Listen as I try to put best practice and research to work on the road and on real visits and how I always try to find humor in it all. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Rainbows and Rain is available wherever podcasts are listened to, so find it everywhere, anywhere. Please rate, review, subscribe, like, whatever it is. That helps grow the R&R community, and that's what this podcast was set out to do, was to grow a community of early interventionists where we can kind of connect and help each other and learn from each other. So readings and reviews help that out. So if you guys could do that, that'd be awesome. You can find the podcast on Instagram. So check that out at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. Okay, welcome again to what is episode 29 of the podcast. And I'm drinking from a mug I got from a family that says one day at a time. And I got it on my last visit with the family and it's awesome because that's totally my mantra these days is one day at a time in my professional life and in my personal life. So again, welcome to what is episode 29 of the podcast. I put a teaser on Instagram about what I call the first visit sandwich, what holds it together, what kind of connects it to the next visit and kind of sets you up for successful coaching visits. Uh, Where I'm coming from, just so you know a little bit about my perspective when it comes to services. So I work in a school district and I service only children and families zero to three and primarily through home visits and of course daycare visits and so forth. Uh, My program has two teams. So because we're so large and we service so many families that we have a evaluation team and then we have a service team. So you won't hear me talk a whole lot about the evaluation process. I probably will eventually because I'm involved I'm involved in that a little bit, but the but my main role um, is to provide service as a service provider. So that's where I'm coming from. So my first visits are truly almost like a first date. I kind of relate it to that because it's really awkward. I met the family at the IFSP meeting. I the eval team starts the IFSP with the evaluation in it. I finish it with the outcomes, the services, and family assessment, and so forth. Um, So when I get to that first visit, I've only met them once. So And then I've reviewed all the evaluation uh, things that came before that. So it's a little awkward. They're meeting me for the first time. I try not to have them repeat a whole lot of what they've already told somebody else. So I try and gather all that information ahead of time. But nobody knows what to expect on these first visits. So families don't know what to expect. Um, You definitely 
don't really know what to expect because you've never been to this family's house, right? The one consistent between me and the family is that they know their child needs help and they know you are here to help them um, or their child. It's uh, So that's the one consistent factor and um, the one thing everybody understands. Outside of that, nobody understands what's going on. So what I have discovered, and I've been doing this a lot over the past, oh, I don't know, maybe it was a year because I can definitely think of the mom that kind of set me on this path of like, what do I need to do differently at these first visits? So this is just me, but one thing I start with, of course, there's the joint planning. Well, hello, there's no joint plan to review. Um, because it's your first visit. So it's that reflecting back on the the IFSP meeting, reflecting maybe a little bit on the process, um, the evaluation process, and getting any updates or what what has changed or what's new since um, since you last spoke with them or met them. Um, so that's how I typically start. Um, the visit is just that establishing that relationship, establishing that rapport is so important. Um, you can't get to anything. You can't dig deep or get into the weeds yet until you have just, um, set that ball in motion a little bit, like connect with them in any sort of way that you can, um, reflect on, you know, anything that needs to be reflected on, um, and so forth, acknowledge their priorities and so forth. A little bit of background from where I'm coming from too, is my program operates on a primary service provider model. So PSP, and I'm fair, like from the last research I looked at and a colleague looked at, cause we just did a brief presentation the other day. Um, more than 30 states have adopted PSP as their service delivery model. So if you don't know about primary service provider model, um, you can research it online. It's something that's supported by Russian Sheldon. Um, I think it's even in the medical world, I feel like the shift has went that way. So when I, what I mean when I say primary service provider model is that out of the team, so out of the team, you know, the special education teacher, the OT, the PT, the speech, whoever encompasses that team, one person is selected to be that constant, um, to be that consistent primary person going out. The secondary team members will go out as needed. So their role, so my OT's role is to support me and the family, but, and then join me on visits as needed. Is there something she needs to see on the visit to actually give me feedback and coach me on? Um, has the family specifically requested her to see her? Um, that would be another reason to bring the secondary provider out. Um, so, their role is first and foremost to support me, including the speeches role. The The speeches role is not to provide speech therapy. It's to support in that area of communication 
and coach me and the family as needed. And that's that's going to depend on a lot of different factors. That's going to depend on the child's disability, delay, um, the primary service provider's experience and expertise, um, what kind of level of support they are going to need. So that's just a little bit about where I'm coming from. So getting back to the first visit. Um, okay. So reflecting and just establishing that rapport and things like that. And the, before I dive into like routines or dive into like, what do you want to work on? Um, I'll just plainly say to the family or the caregiver I'm working with. So what happens on visits is at the beginning, we will do this and then we'll move on to this. Um, and so I kind of established that right from the very beginning. I, they need it explained and not at the IFSP meeting because there's way too much being explained at that meeting. So the time to really set expectations for visits, I mean, you can give them um, like literature and handouts on what to expect from visits and so forth. But really like the ex- expectations of how visits will go should be at that first visit. So today I want to just review like what we're going to do on visits. So this is me talking to the caregiver. Um, We will practice this. We'll do this. um, We'll problem solve this and so forth. That usually leads us to the practice, to be honest. So I've had a couple first visits recently with families and it it is, it's super awkward because they're looking at you like, oh, what are you going to do? And, you know, because they just don't know what to expect. And so, okay, I'm going to think about this one because I think it's really interesting. So it was a first visit with a mom and a dad and I walk in, um, So he just got the ASD diagnosis, the child. He's going to be three in December. And so this is all new to them. And parents seemed really chill at the IFSP meeting, but also really anxious. Like they just didn't have a whole lot to say, but you could tell she was really anxious too. So at this first visit, you know, they really wanted to work on like one of their priorities is back and forth engagement, of course, because he kind of just does his own thing and he's happy to do his own thing. And there really isn't any communication. So that those are their priorities, obviously communication and then just kind of some back and forth engagement. Um, So he, the boy he, so we, I did my spiel like, okay, so on visits, we're just gonna, um, work on things that you might want to work on, um, within your home, within your routines, kind of follow his lead a little bit. Um, so he got his shoes and he wanted to go outside and that is something they typically do at home together. And, You could tell that they weren't sure if that was okay or not. And I just like, 
I just said like, hey, if he wants to go outside and that's something you guys normally do together right now, we can totally go outside. And we did. So he got his shoes on and there were lots of opportunities in that routine to work on things. I wasn't really going to pick it apart in that moment. I just wanted to observe the routine of how they get from, you know, getting shoes on and opening the door and walking outside. And um, so they they go out the back. They have a fenced-in yard. It's really nice. They have dogs. Um, so, yeah, so we went outside and there were lots of opportunities to kind of talk about back and forth engagement. There was a ball out there. There was a sandbox out there. Um, I got to know him a little bit more because, again, I've only seen him briefly at the IFSP meeting other than what I've read about him. Lots of discussion led to a big problem of theirs, which is walking and walking in the neighborhood and walking to it's really close by this park. So you can get to this park by exiting their backyard through their their fence and literally probably, oh gosh, no more than like 30 feet around this grove of trees is a big, beautiful park. And they also, they can go to it that way, but they can also go by exiting the front of their house and then taking a path and a sidewalk and the long way, so to speak, to this park as well. Next to this park is, like I said, a small grove of trees. And there's kind of these man-made paths, these kind of dirt paths that they've walked many times together. And he's got ASD, so he has some of these behavioral rituals he'll do, where he'll do the path through the woods like three or four times, and then he'll go to the playground and do some things. So anyways, this all happened really naturally and really organically. Um, And there were many opportunities to work on back and forth engagement because their son would like go so many feet, but then stop and turn and look. And so there was an opportunity right there to engage. Um, There were many opportunities to follow directions and work on that. Um, As I was observing this routine and modeling some strategies for them, in the very beginning, you may need to lean more on modeling. Um, I didn't always model those. So for example, when he stopped at the at this grove of trees and kind of looked back, I I told dad, I said, we're not going to move yet. We're just going to pause and we're going to see how else does he signal to us or how else does he communicate to us? Come on. Because I think that's what he was doing um, with these pauses. He was checking in like, hey, are you still behind me? And come on, let's go. Because he would only get so far ahead of them. So it was really, really interesting. Um, So I was able to kind of coach them and they would, they'd stop and they'd pause And then I'm like, this is his way of saying like, come on. So this is our opportunity to model the gesture and the word, come on, mom, come on, dad, you know, with an arm waving. Um, Because we we know what he wants, but we need to like shape this into something 
that everyone will understand, right? You want him to say, come on, so let's model that expectation. Come on, let's model that behavior. Come on, that hand wave, that gesture, that word, um, and so forth. Let's pause and see if he does anything new to try to get you to move. So that was a really neat um, opportunity. It wasn't something I planned. It wasn't something they planned. It was something that just happened because natural things happen throughout the day. And those daily routines and those daily activities all have opportunities for learning in them. And you know what they are. That's, That's your role. You know what those are. They don't. Um, That's why they need you. And that's why you're there. So we walked back to the home. And at the end of this visit, I said, okay, so now we're at the end of the visit. What typically happens at the end of the visit is we come together with some ideas and some things that you want to work on between now and our next visit. So is there anything today Is there anything you saw today or anything that made you like want to work on something? However you want to phrase it. I don't remember how I said it, but I probably said the old standard, like boring, like what do you want to work on between now and next visit based on what we practiced today, based on what you saw today? What do you want to do? Um, And dad was like, I want to work on like, come on or like go or other things we did were like choices, like should we go this way or that way, right or left, Um, gesturing with hands. So that was something they immediately picked up on. I didn't need to tell them to do that. Um, You know, they picked up on that on their own and it was really something easy and simple they could implement. And that's what it's going to be like on first visits. It's going to start really simple and it's going to start really small. And then you're going to be able to build. Because like I said in the very beginning, there were lots of opportunities in that micro routine of getting shoes on and actually walking through the door to outside that we could incorporate things. And I'll eventually address them, but I also don't want to overwhelm families in the very beginning. They will be able to take on more as you go, because they'll get used to implementing strategies and interventions and generalizing them to other routines that they've started already implementing. They'll, they'll start implementing them in other routines. The key is not to overwhelm the family, to go really slow, and to just talk about what happens on visits on that first visit. And don't forget, coaching is a relationship-based approach. There has to be trust. Um, So find a way to build that rapport. Is it something you can connect with inside the home, something you learned about through the evaluation, um, what the family's interests are? Um, So make a connection um, whether and be a little bit per- personal, but stay professional for sure. Um, that's that's always a tricky balance too, being personal but staying professional. So you want to connect with them, you want to build that relationship, you want to build that trust, so you can tackle the big the bigger things down the road. So thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts on first visits or how you set your visits up. 
Um, please send that to me. I think through Instagram is the easiest. I used to give my email out, but I think a lot of things can get lost in email. So find me on Instagram. That's the only place I am right now at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the podcast. And I hope you join me on another episode of Rainbows and Rain.